Hey there, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Serial Killers and Seltzer. I am your host, Kaylee, and uh, welcome to episode three. Um, I know it's been long anticipated, and uh, I've, uh, you know, I'm a procrastinator. My notes actually say episode two, but here we are. This is episode three. And this is going to be a two-parter. Um, I don't know if you guys follow me on Facebook and uh, Instagram, but it's been a weird-ass fucking week. Um, if anybody's interested, I have had a uh, very, very uh, strange occurrence. It uh, So a lot of people use my photos on Instagram to make fake-ass accounts, and I'm not really sure why. <laughs> I'm not that great looking. I don't get it. Um, and I have no personality. That's why I made a podcast. Anyway, so people use my pictures all the time. So I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, report it, block it, whatever. No big deal. Instagram takes it down right away. Well, Facebook clearly does not give any fucks if anybody tries to impersonate you. Um, so I actually had... Three accounts in the last hmm, two weeks steal my pictures and continuously, continually, continuously, continuously, continuously try and scam dudes like the catfish dudes and get them to send them money and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Nobody wants to send me money. What the hell? But yeah, so, um, this page Kaylee Charlotte Wells and uh there's another one Kaylee Charlotte Wills W-I-L-L-S um and then there was another one it was like what was it Linda Linda Christie K-R-I-S-T-I so that all happened and I had honestly about a hundred people in total, probably report these accounts, and Facebook, every single fucking time, I got this message that ha- that said, hi, Kaylee, we, re- we reviewed the profile your friend reported and found that it isn't, that it is not pretending to be you and doesn't go against our community standards. Note, if you see something on someone's profile that shouldn't be on Facebook, be sure to report the content. Well, that's what we all did. So I'm not sure why fucking dumbass Facebook didn't realize that this person was scamming people. Like, it was getting so bad that random fucking dudes were messaging Chris on Facebook and saying, Oh, I looked up your girlfriend's uh, other accounts and um, I just wanted to let you know that she's been messaging me on this account. I was like, no, motherfucker, I have not. So, luckily, he fucking believed me. And, uh, yeah, so all of those accounts, I think, are reported. Um, I did blow up one of the, like, all of the comments and the messages on one of the profiles where, like, a bunch of thirsty-ass old men were, like, commenting on the pictures that they posted of me so I was like this is not the real account blah 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 please report please block blah 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 they're scamming you out of your money so yeah so that all happened and I'm glad it's over (laughs) 
hopefully it doesn't happen again. Uh, hopefully never, but uh, honestly, hopefully not anytime soon. But anyway, let's fucking get into this because it's going to be a long one. And I apologize in advance. And like I said, it is going to be a two-parter. So fucking hang on, please. I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't like it, like I'm sorry, but you don't have to listen to it. Tell your friends, but you don't have to listen to it. Anyway, um, I'm starving, and I'm about to drink this uh, Bud Light Seltzer. So hopefully I'm not drunk by the end of this. But we'll see. So cheers. Uh, Bud Light Seltzer Cranberry is what I'm drinking right now. It is not my favorite, but it is delicious. All right. So let's fucking do this, guys. Okay. Episode three. Dun, dun, dun. Is about Bell Gunness. So this first part is... Bell Gunness, part one, Hell's Princess. So let's fucking get, get into it, guys. Guys and girls. Um, okay, so Bell Gunness is, was, she, she did, um, was an American black widow serial killer from LaPorte, Indiana, who over a period of 24 years in the late 19th and early early 20th century murdered at least 14 people. Um, although some historians estimate that her body count would be as high as 40. I uh, think it's definitely way more than 14. So let's fucking let's see. Uh, many of Bell's victims were newly arrived Norwegian immigrants who were seduced not by Belle's non-existent good looks. She's thick and she ugly. But more by the promise of a traditional Norwegian life on a nice farm, not too far from Chicago. Um, but uh, sadly, these men suffered a, less, or a much grimmer fate with uh, Miss Gunness. Okay, so... Um, the funny and a little bit ironic thing about, uh, Black Widows, um, while in movies, um, it is often portrayed that Black Widows are hot, young, sexy, and seductive characters, characters, characters who charm and manipulate their victims with their looks and sex appeal. But in reality, um, most Black Widows look a lot more like beefy ladies trying to own a tavern rather than a Scarlett Johansson. Sorry, Chris. He probably doesn't listen to this, but he loves Scarlett Johansson. Um, okay. So, Pell Gunness was no exception to this. Uh, like I said, she ugly. Um, one monstrous account of her looks made while she was still alive, which is, uh, pretty ballsy of this dude. Um, but... Okay, so the account was made while she was still alive, and uh, it was more like a Disney supervillain or a creature from Norwegian folklore rather than an actual woman. <laughs> um, okay, so it read, She was a fat, heavy-featured woman with a big head, with a mop of mud-colored hair, 
small eyes, huge hands, and huge arms, and gross, oh, and a gross body supported by feet grotesquely small. So yeah, the bitch got tiny feet. Um, she sounds beautiful. She sounds like a real catch. That's a, if I had a dating profile, I think that's how I would describe myself as well. Sorry, I'm a thirsty bitch. Okay. Anyway, so. I don't have a marker, my friends. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, I do. He's right here. Silly. Silly Willie. Okay. I'm probably going to get drunk pretty quick if I'm uh, not eating anything and I'm uh, drinking my Bud Light Seltzer, so I better keep my uh, pink highlighter handy. Okay. So. Belle Gunness. What a fucking catch. Okay, anyway. So, she was a late show. Essentially, she was a lady linebacker uh, that could easily snap any man in half. Um, or uh, maybe even cut him into a bunch of tiny little pieces and uh, feed him to her hogs. Maybe? Mm, we'll find out. Okay. Okay. So, Belle Gunness, uh, to say the least, was a malicious being that was... Uh, put on the surf to kill for money. Uh, Gunnis was hideous both inside and out. Okay, so what makes her super hideous? So besides uh, the slew of Norwegian bachelors that ended up being buried in her hawk pit, she also... It's going to be a rough one, guys. There's kids in this one. But there really aren't many details, but still, it's rough. Okay, so um, so besides these dudes that she murdered, uh, she also is said to have murdered many of her own children, if not all of them, um, in addition to anyone else that uh, might suit her needs or be an inconvenience to her. So in other words, if she needed money or basically if you annoyed her, um, you were as good as dead. Okay, so. Some of her infamous nicknames were the Laporte Ghoul, the Indiana Ogress, which is kind of rude, like, poor Fiona. Give a fucking bad name to ogres. Um, also, the High Priestess of Murder and Hell's Princess. Isn't that elegant and regal? Um, so Hell's Princess by Harold Schechter um, is a top-notch uh, true crime novel about, uh, it's basically an autobiography, not go. oh my god, a biography of Belle Gunness. Okay, so Belle Gunness, let's fucking get into it. Uh, the Birth of Hell's Princess. So, Belle Gunness, born in Norway, nope, yep, born in Norway, in Selbu, Norway, November 22nd, 1859, with a much more new Norwegian name of Brynhild Paulstotter Storset. I'm gonna fuck up some of these names, so just fucking, fucking strap in, children. Okay, so... 
Paul's daughter, Storset. Um, so it was apparently uh, super easy to name kids back in the Dizzy. So, uh, she was the daughter of Paul. And the name of the farm where her daughter, or her father, where her father leased the land was called Storset. So, Paul's daughter, Storset. Brynhild, Paul's daughter's, Storset. Storset. Ta-da! So, yeah, that was easy as fuck to name kids, right? Okay. So, there actually isn't much known about uh, the first 14 years of uh, Belle's life. Um, But we do know that she was a farmer's daughter. Uh, She milked, she churned, she wrangled, and did all the normal chores that uh, farm kids were expected to do. (sighs) Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I don't know how to edit that out. I don't know how many times I have to tell you people this, so just, I'm sorry. I told you, strap in. Belle's family was exceedingly poor, and her desire to rise above poverty poverty became a uh, pathological need. Um, and this need influenced just about every decision that she made in her life. Part of this need came from a crude nickname given by local bullies. Honestly, I would not call this crude. It's very, very juvenile. But, I mean, they were child bullies. So, I guess that makes sense. Um, but anyway, since Belle's family was poor, like I said, they had to scavenge spruce twigs from the forest floor. From the forest Okay, from the forest for firewood. Um, So this became Belle's job. And as a result, the local bullies uh, gave her the original nickname of Snurkvis Paula, which loosely translates as Paul's twig daughter. That's honestly not that bad. They could have called her Paul's ugly twig daughter. But honestly, I don't think that's so bad. So, consider yourself lucky, Paul, or Paul, Paul's, Paul's daughter, Belle. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so parents were very original, and so were bullies with these names. So, very hard to name children back in the day. Uh, as a child, people would describe her as well-behaved and diligent. Um, but... Not surprisingly, when word of her crimes came to light, it was reported in a newspaper in Selbu called Selbegin. Um, they wrote that Belle was, quote, remembered by many as a very bad human being, capricious and extremely malicious, had unpretty habits, always in the mood for the dirty tricks, she was a scum of society. How rude. Just kidding. She's a piece of shit. So it's fine. Other rumors also came out around this time about Belle. Supposedly, when she was about 17 years old, she became pregnant by a local bigwig. Um, so richy rich. But once he found out her pregnancy, once he found out about her pregnancy, he beat her until she miscarried, which is 
extremely sad. Um, but soon after, um, this man mysteriously died. Um, it was rumored, obviously, after Bell uh, did all this uh, crime and murder and shit that maybe... Maybe she murdered him. Maybe he died of arsenic poisoning. Um, but as... Um, as uh, Harold Schechter writes in his uh, novel, or his biography about uh, Gunnis, uh, he shares his opinion and doesn't think that that is a gruesome enough first murder for uh, her. She's a little dark, so... He thinks that's very tame of her just to poison someone. Um, but, you know, who knows? So, Belle was only one of seven children. In the late 1870s uh, and early 1880s, her sister, Olena Paul's daughter, Storset, moved to America and married John R. Larson and became Nellie Larson. After a few years, Nellie decided it was time for her sister to come to America as well. So she paid the way for her sister to come to America in Brynhild Paulstotter Storset, Americanized, and became Belle Peterson. The trip to America um, was less than glamorous. Uh, so it was explained to be a 10-day ship ride. Uh, extremely poor conditions, rotten herring, which is fish, right? There's a bird. Herring? I think it's fish. I'll look it up. I think it's fish. Anyway, so rotten herring, hard biscuits, rancid butter, and full shitholes. Yeah, so uh, basically on the ship, they basically just had some holes that uh, people just shit in. So there's hundreds of people on this ship and 10 days worth of uh, hundreds of peoples of shits stacked on top of each other. So uh, I imagine it's like people are getting seasick and uh, sick from all this rotten food. So um, I can't imagine it's, it's not, it can't be pretty. Um, insert puke emoji. It's kind of yucky. Okay, so uh, not exactly a cruise that I would like to be on. Um, but even though, even though all of that happened on the way to America, Belle still made it. So Belle docked somewhere in New York, and. From there, she headed to Chicago. Um, coincidentally, uh, when Belle arrived in Chicago, it was about the same time where H.H. H. Holmes started doing his thing. And, uh, you know, with the murder hotel and all the good stuff like that. And, uh, you know, if they would have gotten together, they might, might have been a pretty good pair of couple. Ooh, probably pretty rough. Anyway. So, okay, so, okay, so it's actually rumored that uh, Belle may have been inspired by H.H. H. Holmes, slightly. Uh, 
Belle was uh, smart in the aspect that she didn't let anyone in on her. Okay. Didn't let anyone in on her secrets. So um, she knew that secrets did not make friends. Um, But yeah, she didn't really fucking want friends. She basically just wanted insurance money from her dead husbands. Slash boyfriends. But anyway. uh, So in Chicago, like, uh, three quarters of the Norwegian immigrant women in that town. Uh, she took up the business of housekeeping. Don't you love to have her as a housekeeper? This sounds like fun. She sounds like a hoot and a half. I would feel very safe. <laughs> but anyway, so she took up housekeeping. Um, so she would help out her sister, uh, her sister and her new family with sewing, cleaning, and laundry. But uh, this proved not to be enough for Belle's insatiable hunger for money. And her sister said she would literally do anything to get money. Um, According to Nellie, Belle never really had a liking for anyone. And the only thing she cared about when looking for a man was how much money and comfort he could provide her. Um, So, with that being said, Belle's first husband was able to provide neither of those things. Um, So, her first husband, his name was Mads Sorensen. So, he was a handlebar mustache night watchman at the Mandel Mandel Brothers department store. Um, So, that paid $15 a week, which is about $450. Fifty dollars in today's money, which big baller. It's not terrible, but also not great. Um, they were married within a year of Belle's arrival in America, and the ceremony was performed by just a little fun fact performed by the Reverend John Z. Torgerson, who, according to uh, uh, Schechter had performed so many ceremonies in Chicago that he came to be known as Cupid's Noted Aid. What a cute little nickname. See, that's original. Not Twig Daughter. Um, strangely enough, Belle lived a pretty normal life with Mads and uh, didn't do anything remotely criminal for a whole decade after they actually got married. So instead, Belle was laser focus on having children. In fact, it was this incident, it was this incessant need for children that drove a wedge between Belle and her sister Nellie. Uh, So through Belle struggled, oh, oh, though, sorry, sorry, though Belle struggled to conceive, um, by this point, Belle, or Belle's sister Nellie actually already popped out five kids. That's a bunch. That's a basketball team. Um, so Belle, you know, since, you know, she figured her sister had five kids, why not just let her have one? Um, yeah, that's normal. That's a normal question to ask your sister, or anyone, right? So her sister basically, uh, you know, in the kindest way, um, just told her to f- fuck off. Um, so, though this was a very strange request, uh, Nellie did not choose to cut ties with Belle. 
Um, she still allowed her children to visit their aunt. Uh, that was until things became physical when one day Nellie came to pick up her daughter, her four-year-old daughter, from her uh, Auntie Belle's house. And, uh, you know, Bella wasn't having it. So she basically said, uh, come in and get her. That's exactly what she sounds like. It's a commercial. Damn it, kid. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Hello, sorry about that. Brief uh, commercial break because I was uh, eating dinner because I'm sure you guys can hear my tum- tumbly a rumbling. Tummy a rumbling. Anyway, so let's get back to this uh, Bell Goddess. So we left off. Um, Bell asked Nellie for one of her children, and Nellie said, uh, Hail no. Uh, Bell tried to snatch the four-year-old, and, uh, yeah, they never saw each other again. Anyway, so, this did not deter Belle from becoming a mother, because in 1891, Belle came across a dying woman with an eight-month-old baby girl. And, as the mother lay dying, she, uh, supposedly placed her infant daughter, Jenny, Jenny, into Belle's arms and made her swear to take care of the child. The The dying mother, so the dying mother's um, husband, uh, shattered by grief, uh, just let this happen. So he just let Belle take his daughter. Um, but after a few years, the father actually wanted the child back uh, but Belle fought the request and somehow gained sole custody of this child that isn't even blood-related to her. Um, so this was about uh, the time that Belle discovered her calling and a black widow's best friend, which was insurance fraud. <laughs> okay. So... Um, Fun fact, her idol, H.H. Holmes, also dabbled in insurance fraud. Um, but anyway, so she quickly became a career criminal. So in 1884, her and her husband bought a candy store in Chicago where they sold, get this, cigarettes, groceries, and candy. Yum. So, uh, nicotine, snacks, and candy. What a combination. The lifeblood of America. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, not to be, so not, okay, so not very successful, uh, strangely enough. Um, people did not want to buy candy or groceries from these people. Um, 
from this uh, Norwegian lady linebacker and her handlebar mustache husband. Not interested. So uh, after less than a year of owning the store, a fire from a supposed exploding kerosene lamp burned the place to the ground when only Belle and Jenny, the daughter that wasn't hers but is now hers, uh, were minding the store, but uh, investigators somehow never found any traces of broken glass. How does a kerosene lamp break and catch the whole place on fire and there's no shattered glass anywhere? I don't know. But uh, somehow Bell was still able to convince the insurance investigators that this was really the cause of the fire and uh, she had nothing to do with it. It's kind of weird to tell people. I had nothing to do with it. You might have done something. You might have something to do with it. Um, so the claim was paid out in full. And uh, this opened Belle's eyes to a whole new life. Showing her she could basically get away with whatever she wanted with no consequences. <clears throat> so as long as she stuck to her hysterical woman act and uh, kept her story straight... She could literally get away with murder. From oh, from candy store uh, arson to serial killer. That is the story of Belle Gunness. Just kidding. That's not the end. <laughs> uh, before turning the murder, before turning to murder. Sorry about that. Uh, Bell somehow acquired four more children. Literally no explanation. She just fucking showed up with these fucking kids. Um, apparently she tried to claim that they were all biologically hers. Uh, but in order for that to be possible, she would have had to shit out two consecutive sets of twins over the course of two years after not being able to conceive for 15 years prior. So, not really sure I buy that, but who knows? Um, so now, count that, that's five children whom she either snatched or bought from desperate women, I'm not sure, um, or popped out herself, supposedly, um, but it seems that Belle may have bitten off more than she could chew because, uh, unfortunately, two of the children, uh, so two of the children made it past infancy, but the other two didn't even make it past six months. So, that's Two of her five children that have died. So that's three children left. Um, though the infant mortality so the infant mortality rate was obviously very high back then. Um, but it didn't really seem like they died from natural causes. There is no like there's speculation obviously because she's such a fucking terrible human being, but there really is no like autopsy report or anything like that that says like how these children actually died um but it is said to be mysterious that two of these children died 
very soon after each other. Okay. So, okay, so the Sorensen family was now a family of, uh, well, was five. Was five. And now what? Nope, it was seven. Now it's five. Yep, family of five. Mom, dad, three kids. Okay. And, uh, you know, they just kept on keeping on. So, uh, even after Mads, which was, don't forget, that's husband. Mads was, uh, swindled out of $20,000 in today's money by a fake Alaskan mining scam. Seems like what those fake profiles were trying to do with people. Fucking fake-ass mining scam. From, from Africa, I guess. I don't fucking know. Whatever. But anyway, not enough about me. Um, it seems that uh, once her family was actually scammed, it uh, lit a fire under her ass and made her step her game up. Because uh, she wasn't going to let anyone outswindle her. Um, so she repaid those losses with another fire insurance scam when uh, part of her family's home mysteriously caught fire. Um, luckily, luckily, so lucky, this is so lucky, they insured all belongings that were in that part of the house. That's very lucky. She should play the lottery. Um, when... Oh, when the century turned in 1900, Belle decided that after almost 20 years of marriage, it was finally time for Mads to go. Uh, so Mads had taken out a $2,000 life insurance policy that was set to expire on July 30th, 1900, Instead, so instead of extending this policy, he actually chose to switch to a policy with a higher payout of $3,000. But Mads set it up so uh, the larger policy came into effect right before the smaller one ended. So there was exactly one day where both policies were in effect. And, combined, and the combined payout was... $150,000 in today's money. Um, so, it actually just so happened that on July 30th, 1900, Mads died. Died of heart failure. How fucking convenient. Very sad. But convenient for uh, Belle, right? Like I said, she should play the lottery. Very convenient. Um, so, she was obviously extremely opportunistic um, with all these fires. And then her husband accidentally dying on the same day where she basically got $150,000 in today's money. So, that's a lot of money. Um, <clears throat> so, after the death of her husband... Belle visited some relatives in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. It was there that she decided that her and her children would be happier living on a farm. All right, Augusta Gein. Back to the farm life. Uproot your family. Just live on a farm. 
That's what normal people do. Um, so the real reason behind this move seemed to be that uh, Gunnis was realizing that she wasn't prime beef anymore. And uh, she knew that a, a widow woman with three tr- children wasn't really desirable. So she felt uh, the only way that she could continue with her insurance scam was by pulling another husband. She's out here pulling bitches. Pulling dudes. Uh, so she placed an ad in the Chicago Tribune. Her ruse at first seemed to be that she was just a, uh, a widow on a farm looking for a farmhand. But this quickly turned into... Sorry. <laughs> I lost my place. But this quickly turned into uh, FarmersOnly.com. Uh, via the newspaper ads to uh, try and find a husband. Her babies need a daddy. So Gunnis was able to purchase a farm in LaPorte, Indiana. See, this is all circling back. Now we're in LaPorte. All right, so uh, Harold Schechter seemed to have done extensive research about LaPorte, Indiana, um, in which he included... In his uh, book, Hell's Princess. Excuse me, I burped again. So, some famous individuals from LaPorte, Indiana include F.T. Wrench, inventor of a collapsible sanitary toothbrush. I don't know, I'm not sure what that even looks like. Pictures, I guess, huh? Um... Auntie, Auntie Post J. Powell, who invested a dog-powered butter churner. That seems adorable. Kind of like dog labor laws. Is that a thing? But it seems kind of cute. Um, Dr. S.B. Collins, who made Collins Painless Cure for Opium Eaters. Hmm. Sounds painless. Dr. Scholl's inventor of footwear products. That's pretty neat. Straight out of Laporte. Okay. And, okay, so none of these people's uh, stories held up in Laporte quite like Belle Gunness. Um, they bef- definitely weren't infamous like her. Um, so the farm sold to Belle was formerly a high-class brothel run by Maddie Altick. Um, so this was catering. Her brothel was catering to men uh, just looking for a discreet good time outside of Chicago. Um, sadly, Maddie's business came to an end when she died suddenly from a heart attack. Rumored to actually have been poisoned by her sister who had run a competing brothel in South Bend, Indiana. Um, it was never proven, but I guess everybody's an opportunist. Um, but this gave Belgunis the opportunity to purchase this farm. So by the time Belgunis was uh, done with the farm, it would have a new reputation and a fresh new name. 
Abattoir Acres. Seems so, seems so elegant. I assure you it's not. There's lot, lots of dead bodies over here. Um, soon after, soon after arriving to the Acres, Belle would have a new name as well. Gunnis. See, we're circling back around. Here we are, now we're Gunnis. Now we're Belle Gunnis. When Mads Sorensen was still alive, the couple had uh, boarded a man named Peter Gunnis, but Peter moved to Minneapolis with his brother, Gust. Gust moved to <laughs> Gust of Wind. That's a, that's a great name. People know how to name children, I told you. Anyway, so he moved to Minneapolis, oh my god, Minneapolis with his brother, Gust uh, of wind in the mid 19 oh my god 1890s um so in minneapolis peter married and had a child but during the birth of his second child his wife sadly died and it was uh, around this time that bell made a visit to cousins in minnesota and just so happened to reconnect with Peter Gunnis. Very unfortunate for him. But this time, Belle has fully developed into the behemoth of a woman who Harold Schechter so delicately described her as coarse and mannish with frog's mouth. What's a, what, just a big-ass mouth? When I think of a, a lady having a frog's mouth, I just kind of think of, you know, when the frogs say, ribbit. And their big, uh, what the fuck is that called? Their big, like, chin, jowl, whatever, pops out. That's probably called something. Somebody look that up and tell me. But that's what I imagine her looking like. Just got a sacky jowl. Um, so frog's mouth. But even so, the 48-acre farm was too good for penis, penis. Peter Gunn is to pass up. Sorry, Peter. Especially because he had two young daughters to think about. Um, he too was an opportunist in this way, but it wasn't play um it wouldn't play out obviously as well as uh he thought it would, and it definitely benefited uh Bell much more than it benefited him <laughs> or his poor little daughters. Um unfortunately after only a few months of moving to Laporte Peter only had one, one daughter to take care of. Um, so the infant that his first wife had died giving birth to died suddenly at seven months old. Um, I guess she died of edema of the lungs, which is basically like fluid in the lungs and it makes your lungs stop working. But there was some suspicion around this as well. Obviously, because you're married to Belle, and uh, people just think she's a suspicious frog character. Um, so, obviously, Peter grew suspicious of Belle and her fascination with uh, the children's death. Um, within six months of, her, of his daughter dying, Peter would also be found deceased. Ironic. On December 16th, 1901, the Gunness 
neighbors were awoken by young Jenny, woken by young Jenny Gunnis knocking at their door. According to Jenny, her stepfather had uh, burned himself and needed help. When the neighbor arrived at the Gunnis house, they found Peter Gunnis lying dead face down in a pool of blood with a broken nose and no burns on him. Not sure how he got burnt, but broke his whole body and didn't get burnt. <laughs> um, so the coroner was called in a man named Dr. Bowell. That's unfortunate. Uh, so Dr. Bowell arrived and saw that uh, in addition to the broken nose, Peter also had a nasty contusion on the back of his head. So um, Dr. Bowell, first instinct, uh, his first instinct was that Peter Gunnis was the victim of murder. Um, but with Bell giving an extravagant performance of a hysterical woman, again, that's what she's very good at, um, seemed to convince him otherwise. Um, so according to her, Peter had gone into the kitchen to retrieve his shoes that he kept by the stove to keep them warm, which is very wholesome. It just seems like a very dad thing to do. Um, but when he learned, leaned, learned, when he leaned down, your girl needs help. When he leaned down, the family, uh, the family meat grinder somehow fell off the shelf and knocked him in the back of the head. And on its way down, the grinder also knocked over a bowl of hot brine, which I looked this up because I had no idea what brine was. I thought it was like chicken broth, but it's like a salt water, I guess, that is kind of used to soak meat or vegetables so i guess it's kind of a chicken broth but it's like the broth before the meat is put in it so yeah salt water whatever um okay so hot brine spilled on him or fell off the counter spilled on him that uh bell was planning to use for uh head cheese do you want to know what head cheese is no, I didn't either. Uh, it's not cheese. So basically, it's a, uh, a meatloaf made out of animal heads. Hopefully it's animal heads. You can't really call it head loaf, so I suppose that's the best they got with head cheese. I'm not sure. Neither of them sound appealing, but okay, whatever. Um, so... Side note, Belle was famous for her delicious, delicious, delicious sausages and head loaves because she had huge pigs that she would, uh, she would slaughter them. Uh, it was obviously later found out that, uh, vamps were, uh, husband-fed hogs, so yikes. But yeah, uh, so after his knock on the head... Uh, he assumed, oh, he assured Belle that, uh, he was fine and he just went upstairs and went to bed. And, uh, Belle said a few hours later, uh, she went to check on him and found him dead on the floor. Um, so 
Dr. Bell uh, still wasn't, um, he wasn't convinced that it was murder, but he also wasn't convinced that it wasn't murder. Um, so he, so he didn't find, he obviously didn't find any uh, evidence of the burns on Peter Gunnis. Um, and he didn't seem to think that the small fall off the top of the counter, or the small, okay, he didn't seem to think that the height of the meat grinder falling onto Peter's head would have been enough to cause the huge gash in the back of his head, but mm, maybe his 280-pound beefcake of a wife swinging this uh, meat grinder, maybe? Maybe that would have killed him? That probably would have done it. Um, but anyway, so the coroner wanted to, uh, he wanted to have a one-on-one -on -one with Belle Gunnis to talk out uh, his, his suspicions, and uh, he told her, he told her what his suspicions were, and she kind of told him a little bit of a different story. Um, so, this is her new explanation. So, Belle insisted that she quickly wrapped his burns in a paste of Vaseline, Vaseline, sorry, Vaseline in baking soda, which uh, supposedly prevents lasting injuries. So, if you rub Vaseline and baking soda on a burn, it will not scar, I guess, is what your girl Belle, your girl Belle Gunnis says. Sounds like a Pinterest waiting to happen. So remember that down. Remember, oh my God, jot that down. Um, so she wrapped his wounds so they didn't, they didn't scar, didn't show any, any visible burns on him when, uh, or after he got burnt. So a couple hours later, she heard Peter saying, Oh, mama, I guess I'm going to die. Then he fell flat and died. And apparently that's how he broke his nose. His nose. His nose. And uh, was laying in a pool of blood. That's what Bell. That's what Bell says. Um. So she stone-faced told this story to Dr. Bell and, uh, when he asked if they had a happy marriage, she shrugged and said, As far as I know, seems pretty convincing. Yeah, she definitely didn't kill him, right? Um, so with that, Peter's death was ruled an accident. Um, so at her husband's funeral, she made, uh, she made sure to moan and cry, and uh, at the... She... Oh my God, she moaned and cried at the appropriate times, um, but it was very uh, noticeable that she was peeking through her fingers uh, to periodically make sure that other people's other people's other people were noticing her sobbing at the correct moments. Um. Okay. So that's uh, if you count them, that's. Five accidental deaths. So that's two husbands and three children. 
So two of her children and one of uh, Peter Guttis's children, unfortunately. Um, so a few months later, um, so a few months later, unannounced or er, undenounced to the town, uh, Belle had been pregnant. Uh, apparently this entire time. Uh, it's possible, I guess, because Belle was 5'7 and 280 pounds. Uh, she could have had, or she could have been unknowingly pregnant, or at least not noticed by the townspeople. Not noticed by the townspeople because you girl was thick. It's a commercial! Oh, why? Damn it, kid! Frey Skincare Company is an incredible company that is made specifically for women that sweat. Athletic women that bust their ass every day in the gym. Uh, one of my personal favorites is the 123 Frey. Uh, the 123 Frey is a comprehensive daily three step routine that creates a clear complexion and a healthy glow. It combats exercise and sweat induced skin damage. Breakouts, dehydration, sun damage, and signs of aging. It's as easy as one, two, three, Frey. Frey Skincare offers a 100% money back guarantee. Go to www.freskincare.com and use code KayleeW to save 25% on your order. That's K A L E E W. So. Your girl was thick. Um, but when a midwife came to assist Belle with uh, the child on its, air quotes, birth date, uh, she found that the child had already been born, bathed, and clothed. And uh, Belle was out in the backyard running around chasing her pigs and uh, actually putting some laundry on the line. Um I know that after I had Kennedy, uh, I could barely move for a few weeks, so, yeah, having kids is not easy, so, uh, I don't know how she did it, she's, a uh, a very beastly lady, so, she's either a beastly lady, or that was not her, not her baby, she did not pop that baby out of her hoo-ha. Um, so yeah, but, um, it was also noted, uh, by the midwife that this baby was a little big. He was a little bit too big to be a freaking newborn. So I'm not sure where this fucking bitch is getting all these babies. Who's just giving Belle Gunness a fucking baby? I don't know. I don't know. She's got all this money from her dead husband, so I guess she's just buying babies. I don't know. Uh, so, um, luckily, Peter's brother, Gust, Gusto Wynn, you remember him, uh, he was able to swoop in and snatch his brother's daughter away before she fell victim, she fell victim to the brutal hand of Belle. So, that little girl's name was Swanhild, so she lived, luckily, um, so with Peter out of the way, Belle was left to run an entire farm 
all by herself -y. Um, Though she was seemingly very capable of doing so herself, uh, in... Uh, very capable of doing so herself and was said to have been able to toss a 200-pound hog like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, me too. No big deal. Uh, she, still, she still longed for male companionship, a.k.a. scamming helpless men out of their money and, and their lives, usually, usually their lives. Um, about two years after Peter's death, a.k.a. murder, she decided to place an ad in a local Norwegian paper called the, I'm going to fuck this up, Scandinavian, oh, Scandinavian, Scandinavian, sure, for a hired hand. Um, the man that answered the ad was a 30-year-old Norwegian immigrant named Olaf Limbol. It's not known when Gunnis decided to kill Olaf or even if she planned to kill him when she uh, first placed the ad. Um, but he showed up to Laporte with his entire life savings of $600. Um, he worked for Bell for about two months before writing his father in Norway, informing his father that he might marry soon. Unfortunately, it was Bell. Um, but in April, Bell went over to her neighbors and told him that Olaf had suddenly left to the World Fair in St. Louis. She also told another neighbor that he went back to Norway to see the new king crowned. Um, then she told Olaf's father that he had just picked up and gone west. So, Gunnis gave no fucks. She was just telling stories left and right. Didn't give a shit if they told each other the story or not. She was just telling stories. Um, so shortly after Olaf's disappearance, see my air quotes, disappearance, uh, he was replaced by Henry... Earholt, um, drawn in by another help wanted ad. Um, so within three months, Bell was back telling neighbors that Gearholt had left to Chicago. Um, but with Bell giving, uh, oh, sorry, oh, wrong one. Sorry about that, friends. Uh, so he left to Chicago. Um, So, you're probably wondering, how did Belle murder all of these men? So, uh, most common weapon in a Black Widow's arson is actually poison, but when you're running around scamming a bunch of dudes, uh, no, when... Oh, my God. I'm dumb. Poison. Because when you're running around scamming a bunch of dudes, um, it would probably behoove you to not, uh, you know, leave a blood trail. Um, but like I said, uh, Gunnis didn't give no fucks. 
So the male bodies found on her property, uh, Gunnis had stabbed or chopped at least, well, at least most of them to death. Um, one victim, one victim's arms, uh, one, oh my God, I'm so sorry. One victim's arms were found with, uh, defensive wounds and another was cut clean off and, uh, in one of the fists was clutched a tuft of Gunnis's hair. Um, some were poisoned, some shot in the head, some even ice picked in the side of the head, so right in the temple. Fucking ouch. Um, after the murder of uh, Gearholt, Gunna switched up her uh, her tactic and uh, started posting a different ad altogether in no less than three Norwegian newspapers throughout the Midwest. So this is how it read. Wanted, a woman who owns a beautifully located and valuable farm in first-class condition, wants a good and reliable man as a partner and same some little cash is required and will be furnished first-class for security. Yep. Trying to trying to pull all the dudes in here. Um, so her mailman, DJ Hunter, who just, isn't that the fucking, isn't that the fucking what's-her-face from fucking, the fuck's that movie? Full House? Her, the, the show, Full House, DJ Hunter, isn't that, isn't that her fucking name? Well, this is her mailman's name as well. So DJ Hunter said that she would get upwards of 10 letters a day, every single day. Um, so Norwegian, so Norwegian after Norwegian immigrant man arrived at her farm in Laporte with pockets full of cash looking for the widow Gunnis, um, but were never seen again. Uh, her suitors were obviously her next victims. So Joe Moo, Henry Gearholt, Olaf Svenherud, Olby Budsberg, Olaf Lindblom, Andrew Heganlein, sure, uh, just to name a few of them. Um, so John Mew of Elbow Lake, Minnesota withdrew $1,000 from his bank and told the teller it was going to a going to good use in Laporte. I don't think it was. That teller should have asked more questions. Um, so one of the sadder stories involved um, old Bud Bugsberg, Bud, oh my god, Budsberg of Iola, Wisconsin. So he left two adult sons behind, um, Macias and Oscar, who were uh, later unnecessarily described in the newspaper as slow and slow of thought and utterance, which I don't know why they need to say something rude about this man's sons. They're a little, they're simpletons. They don't need to say that about them. Neither do I. They were good men. Anyway, um, so, uh, Budsberg 
told his sons he was going to Laporte to manage a farm, but told his brother that he was really going to Laporte to marry a rich widow. About a week later, Budsberg showed up a showed up a oh my god, about a week later he showed up at a bank in Iola with none other than Belle Gunness. Uh, so she went back with him to make sure that he uh, brought all of his money back with him so that she could have it. Um, according to the teller named J.W. Crumpacker, um, another unfortunate name, Budsberg and Gunness, Gunness, oh my god, Gunness, Gunness, Gunness cashed a mortgage note. Um, so Prob's old Prob's uh, old Bud's farm, and uh, that was the last time that anyone ever saw him alive. Um, so from what a local farmhand said, a different man showed up at the Gunness house or the Gunness homestead almost every week. Um, so, like I said, the bitch was pulling, pulling dudes. Um, Belle always introduced the men around town as her cousins. So, that's yucky. She's a cousin fucker. Um, so most of the men brought trucks full of their belongings. Trunks, sorry. Trunks full of their belongings. Um, but no one ever saw them. No one ever saw these cousins leave. So... She just killed them and kept all of their shit because their trucks were still in her house. Um, it's a little suspicious, you know? She, exa- uh, she eventually had an entire room devoted to men's clothing. Um, so the room was actually said to have held about 15 trunks. Um... So, I feel like, you know, men are usually, like, generally light packers. So, I'm going to go out on a limb and kind of say that that was at least 15 dudes dead, you know? 15 trunks. So, probably one per one per dude. Um, so, she kept all of her ex's shit. Uh, but what did she do with the bodies, you might ask? Well... I'm about to fucking tell you. So, uh, this question was partly answered by the action of a Polish immigrant named William Brogiski. Brogiski? Um, well, in summer of 1906, Bell hired Brogiski to dig a few holes in her hog pen, six feet long, three feet wide, and four feet deep. Seems legit. Just regular farmhand shit. Um, so she told him that these were trash holes. He had no reason to think otherwise. Uh, clearly not trash holes. They were man man holes. Man body holes. Uh, so she, uh, she must have been exhausted. Fucking hacking up all these dudes. She couldn't even dig her own holes. She had to hire somebody to fucking dig her own holes. Should have just taken a nap and dug her own holes. Fucking then no one would tattle on her. But anyway, so Belle 
butchered each one of her victims, um, sawed off their head, their arms, and their legs, ratch, er, wrapped each appendage in a burlap sack before tossing it into the hole along with the torso. Yuck. Um, so she used saws or uh, sometimes hacked with hacked them up with an axe or smashed with hammers. There's a lot of rage in this lady. Um, so once in the hole, she would always cover them. Uh, she would always cover them with quicklime and uh, make sure to place the heads face up, uh, looking her right in the eyes as she's burying them. So I guess the quicklime is basically so that the... Um, the bones in the body or whatever, the flesh or whatever, if they break down a lot quicker. Um, so remember that, quick line. If you ever need to, you know, not bury a body. Wink, wink. Um, some of her more unfortunate victims, uh, their bodies ended up in her abandoned privy vault, a.k.a. underneath her outhouse. Um, so they literally did nothing to her. Uh, she took all their money, hacked them up, and buried them in literal shit. Um, it wasn't just, unfortunately, it wasn't just lonely Norwegian men who were the victim of Belgunis in the fall of 1906. Bella actually murdered her own adopted daughter for seemingly no reason at all. Um, so Jenny Gunnis, who was 16 at the time, may have discovered that Mama Gunnis was uh, really up to uh, no good. And uh, Belle had no problem ridding of any witnesses to include her, her poor little daughter, only 16 years old. Um, she was hacked up like all the others and tossed in the hog pits. Um, okay. So, so far, not many people have, uh, escaped the wrath of Belle Gunness, but, uh, somehow one man in Belle's life survived till the end and uh, may have even become an accomplice in her late crimes. His name, Ray Lamphere. Boom. Cliffhanger, beaches. So in part two, we'll be talking about Ray Lamphere along with some of her other lovers that uh, made it out alive. So, yeah. So we'll also talk about what really happened to Belle Gunness. Dun-dun-dun! That's it, guys! Wow! That was a long one. I thought it was long. But, uh, yeah. So, <sighs> Happy Tuesday, and look out for part two. I hope you enjoy it. Chris is being an asshole and said, Happy Tuesday, like Fat Albert. But anyway, 
Cheers. I'm going to drink my Bud Light Seltzer and go the fuck to bed. So, uh, yeah. Hope you enjoy this episode. Um, don't forget to follow uh, the podcast page on Instagram at SerialKillers underscore Seltzer. And give me a like or a rating on Apple Podcast or wherever you else you can fucking do that shit. Share it with your friends. Do what you gotta do to make me famous. And don't steal my pictures and scam fucking dudes. Unless you're gonna send me money too. Okay. Bye. Say it again. Go. Are you a zombie? Zombie, zombie, zombie. No, no, <laughs> go. No, go. 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 Okay, Kennedy. Are you ready to record a little segment that yeah. I like to call Toddler Tuesday? Yes? Uh, yes. Say yes. Okay, you guys scoot back and don't chew your blueberries in the microphone, please. Why? Yep, thank you. Okay, can you say who you are? Say, my name is Kennedy. All day. Kennedy. Morning. Okay, well, I just wanted to tell everybody a cute little story about how my toddler terrifies me. So, uh, this might end up being a little mini-series, but we'll just add this into... Yeah. Uh, yeah, into... My episode as a little uh, palate cleanser. Yeah. Just because uh, this next episode's going to li- get a little uh, gruesome. But the other day, stop chewing like that, please. Oh my God. I'm going <laughs> to beat your butt. Okay, <laughs> stop it, please. Okay, you guys go back. Anyway, so the other day, I was putting Kennedy to bed. And uh, she's a very creepy little kid, so she just sat straight up in her bed and just decided to point right at her closet. So I'm like, what are you pointing at, buddy? And then she just says nothing, continues to point at her closet. So I'm like, do you want me to open it, buddy? Did you want me to open your closet? No. You told me to. So she told me to open her closet, and I um, hesitantly opened her closet and she continued to point in there. So I was already spooked by my terrifying little toddler. Was there a ghost in there? Was there? I, I hope there was not a ghost in there. Okay. You're lucky I don't call the exorcist. You tiny little medium. Anyway, you pint-sized medium. But yeah, so she uh, she's a creepy little kid, and she always says that she sees ghosts. And uh, one time she said a ghost bit her when we were in the car. Did a ghost bite you? Oh, no. Now it didn't. Okay. That bit me. Oh, it bit you. Yeah. That's what you told me. It was following us. Yeah. You're a creep. You are? Okay. But anyway, yeah. So uh, I opened the closet, and she continued to point in the closet, and... Uh, she was just being really creepy. She uh, told me there was a ghost in there. So that was terrifying. Um, but I just continued to point at random shit in her closet just to kind of take her mind off of uh, creeping me the fuck out with her little ghost story. So uh, she eventually told me that she just wanted to wear her Minnie Mouse 
tossed him to bed. So, yeah, she did not wear her Minnie Mouse costume to bed, and uh, there were also no ghosts in there that I know of, but that's the cats right there. Anyway, that was uh, Toddler Tuesday. Hopefully I can tell you some more stories about my creepy-ass little toddler, and if anyone else has any creepy ghost stories about their kids or yourself, go ahead and uh, send them over to my Instagram at killers underscore seltzer and uh yeah just dm us there and we'll share them on here and we'll do a little (laughs) we'll do a little (laughs) toddler tuesday with your creepy ass little toddlers as well say go oh you're cold yeah yeah because the ghosts huh yeah do you say ghost no okay no ghosts in here good this is the podcast Closet, pod lab, no ghosts in here. <coughs> you good? No. Okay. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Say thanks for listening. Bye. Say ghosts. Go. Good job. No, bye. Yes, bye. <laughs>